mostly sober October. Mostly sober. Mostly, mostly sober. I'm not committing, you know? Yeah. Okay, guys, so welcome to the podcast. We're actually kind of special today because we're not in the taco truck. Instead, we are outside. On the taco terrace. On the taco terrace. Yeah. So I'm joined by the ever-present and wonderful Helena. Helena, oh, Helena, you look different today. What happened? Yeah, I, I, I end up version less pretty than Helena. But hi, guys. My name is David. I, uh, I consider myself like an agave entrepreneur. I have been in China uh, more than eight years. Uh, I founded a company that called Vita Spirits. Uh, we are one of the big players in agave spirits in China. In my left. Glad to have you. Oh, thank you. Hi, guys. I'm Elisha, cocktail writer and resident voice on this wonderful podcast. Actually, voice of reason, I'm going to say. She's the one that kind of <laughs> makes sure all of our insanity is uh, well checked. In check, yeah. About Latin spirits in China and uh, the growth of Latin spirits, mezcals, tequilas, uh, Resillas. Resillas, everything in that aspect. And we thought we'd ask somebody like David, who has been all over China lately and is kind of very knowledgeable about this. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. So, yeah, we work with uh, a lot of Latin spirits. Uh, let's say that mainly is a lot of agaves, but Latin America is big from from Brazil to Mexico. The, we have... Uh, a, Tequilas, mezcales, piscos, cachazas, aguardientes, eh, bacanoras. So, the, you know, like people have, get used to, to like hear about whiskeys, cognacs, brandies, and vodkas, but there is a whole other eh, culture that in, is just getting eh, famous right now. There is a, a boom. I would say in the world to new kinds of spirits and the the beautiful about it is like everything is uh, craft and mostly in most of the cases uh, I myself I focus in in importing a lot of that is agave spirits uh, like this tequila mezcales raicillas and in the South America we have some aguardientes some piscos some cachazas and uh, yeah it's a challenge. So just walk everybody through it at home and, you know, just listening. What is a, what is a tequila, just in a couple words? Like walk, like walk us through the list of what you said, basically, just in brief. Like a uh, tequila so, would be what? So the, there is a plant called agave, right? So it's a plant that is from the Americas. It, everything starts with tequila in the beginning, especially because it's the most famous one all around the world. Right, but uh, it's just one kind of spirit that that is made in Mexico, but it's not the only one. You mean in terms of it all started with tequila in terms of popular culture around yes. agave spirits? They 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 want to go globalize uh, per se, but if we go about about the the story, the story, the story is like it's mezcal, right? So mezcal in the Zapotec uh, language. It means uh, cook agave, right? So when, let, let's go back like hundreds of years, right? Uh, Pre-Hispanic time. So the Aztecs, the, the, the Mexicas, 
the, the Zapotecs, they were Native Americans that for thousands of years they've been using the agave plant like as, as a fruit, they were, they were use, they're using the leaves to, to have a roof, they, they start to uh, shamanize, shamanism and you have all these priests and everything making agave and fermenting it like a beer, like you have like a wine and drink it. So in, in that time, it was the, the, the shamans who were drinking fermented agave, right? So imagine to have like a wine or a beer in that time. Yes, so in, in the past, the, before the Spanish, it was the fermentation that we used to have like a, an agave beer or agave wine. But something happened in the Americas like 500 years ago. That was when the, the discovery, or I would say the rediscovery of, of, of America, is when the Spaniards, they landed to the continent. And something beautiful happened that's like a, the crossing of cultures. They create like, what, I, what about is the agave spirits. So the Spanish came with destillation process um, and the the distillation columns and still because they used to do it for whiskey, brandies, and other spirits that they do in, in in Europe. And when they saw that the the Native Americans, the Zapotecs or, or the Mayans, the Aztecs, everybody was having like this fermented beverage, they said like, "Hey, why well, don't distill this? Right? It has alcohol." So that is when uh, really uh, mezcal, tequila start to boom. So it's the uh, it's a beautiful story. It's the the combination of the the two cultures, the Europeans and the Native Americans. So if we go in the dialect, uh, agave is just a scientific name, but in the local language you call it maguey. So when you see sometimes in the store like, ah, this is made from maguey. Oh, maguey! I see. Yeah. I, saw, I know bottles that are like. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have the type of. Yeah, I don't maguey, know. The agave type, yeah. yeah. So that's the, the, the native language. So it means exactly the same, yeah. agave and maguey, right? And when, when you took the maguey or the agave and you cook it, that in, in the native language, that's, that means mezcal. So mezcal just literally means overcook agave or overcook maguey, right? Okay. So let's go back a um, hundred, two hundred years uh, before. So uh, the, the Spaniards, they start to name this like, okay, this is a mezcal, right? They start to call it a mezcal. Uh, mezcal was, uh, if, uh, is the, the alcohol that the natives in Mexico and later the Croyos when they mix and everything, like the people of Mexico was, was drinking. While the Spaniard elite, they will only drink like w imported wines from Europe and and, uh, and cognacs and brandies, etc. But uh, the the cultures and the and the people never never give up uh, about the mezcals, right? Even there was bands and the independence movements, all the stuff. But uh, in the end, the culture was so strong that mezcal stayed. Right, so uh, everything was mezcal, but something particular happened. Is like there is a region called tequila that is in Jalisco. Mm -hmm. So tequila uh, got super famous because the quality of that mezcal was was unique. 
Um, basically, what happened is a lot of families and, produ families and producers, they were one of the most famous in the whole Mexico. So that's, that's why the, uh, everybody in the country was like, oh, the mezcal from the region of tequila is the best. Um, it, also, if we go more in, in politics and story, it was the, the tequila families that start to have the, uh, the permit from the, the king of Spain to distill. So the this is a history fact, the first uh, the f a company or family that go the distillation uh, permit and allowed to sell legally mezcal, it was the Cuervo family. Yeah. So they were the first that got the, 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 the permit. And then from that, a lot of families start to branch. So the, the Sousa family, the Garcia family, they all, all, all these brands that you think, you know, they have a lot of story because the, for example, Sousa, it was the master distiller of the Cuervo family and he's like, hey, I'm gonna put my own distillery. Yeah. So everything break like in, in like 200 years, right? And uh, it was so, the, the families there in Tequila, they were really united and they're really business minded that they, they hype the quality they were really good doing business, so they support also independence movements. So they were really it's like a little Game of Thrones. So th that's yeah, it was like it was like that. They they were supporting independence movement because they that's the national spirit, right? It's like why we have some uh, Spanish king tell us that we had to consume wine. Yeah. So it was a, a whole revolution. And in if we go back so. Let's go I further, though. Let's go further. Yeah. Let's go further into the future. I think that this yeah. is ac actually a good moment to segue into something. I think that we should clarify for people who are new to agave spirits, which is, you were, um, so something you said specifically was the, the mezcal producers in tequila became very famous, right? So, something that I learned recently, I've recently been studying a, a lot about mezcal, and, um, but basically that. Tequila is like, is, tequila is, is a mezcal, yeah. right? And so there's this phrase, um, all, all tequilas are mezcal, mezcal, but not all mezcals are tequilas, mm -hmm. yes. right? And so the definition, when you go back to that definition of mezcal being cooked agave, right? Every, every type of a spirit, every type of spirit that's made from agave is a mezcal. Yes. But now we have, they're just like, just like you would have you know, any type of fermented grape is a wine, right? But we yeah. have vermouth, we have red no. wine, we have well, like we any, have pinot, any, any we have Bordeaux. Scotch, yeah. but all scotch, is, any scotch is a whiskey, but not all whiskey is scotch. Yes. Exactly. I think, and so for people who don't really know that, tequila is mezcal, resia is mm -hmm. mezcal, yeah. all of these things are mezcal. But now we, as for the spirits industry, I think we kind of refer to mezcal as its own thing, right? But it, it, but it, but it's still ultimately by definition it's this huge yeah. category. Yeah. So le, le, let's jump a hundred years uh, in the future. So <laughs> the tequila pro producers they go like 40, 30 years ago all together and they say, hey, you know what, uh, champagne is gay, uh, is yes. a sparkling wine, and they go together and they do an association and they put rules. Um, the tequila people they also were. I would say it's like a business minded and they say like, let's do the same. So they create a, a tequila regulator and like it's called the CRT, that's the Consul Regulator of Tequila, right? And does they- go, Does he go, regulator, mouth <laughs> up, and then he just walks down the street on a cold, dark night? 
Yeah, he, he, you can you can say it. Uh, the, we we call we call <laughs> that the we we call it the CRT police because those are the people that are all around the world checking that tequila name must be respected and crack down on any fake and all the stuff that 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 can happen around the world because everybody wants to go famous with the tequila name. So is this when like denomination of origin came about? Yes. Okay. So the denomination of, of, of when all they get together, they start to they, they put rules and they put like five states in Mexico uh, that only can produce tequila with a lot of set of rules. And the thing that in particular happened is that they established that tequila can only be from one special variety of, of agave. That is the blue agave. Yeah, blue. 100% blue agave, right? Or blue Weber agave. They, you can have mixtos or, or okay, 100%, but blue agave. And now the regulation says it needs to be 51%, I believe. No. I have to check the number, 51%. Y- yes and no, because they, they also divide the category called tequila mixto, mm-hmm. that if you, op- you, you check a bottle and they say tequila, mm-hmm. or the 100% agave variety, right? So if you check uh, a brand that doesn't say 100%, it means that it's a mixed of tequila. It means that it's 51% made from blue yeah. agave and 49% made from sugar other, cane yeah. and all other, other type spirits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so that's what happened with like with, with tequila. They were the first ones. They they got all the how to say everything together and went big in the world and you can see that was in the hollywood movies and canteen plus like well they, everybody start all the mexican embers start to have tequila right but that doesn't mean it was, it was the only one it was just the first organized ones right so uh in the 19th uh so uh, um yeah. so in the 90s uh, so in terms of China, I've I've actually been told by some other distributors, and you would know about this, David, that when you're importing tequila, mezcal, ricea, anything like that, it all goes under the t- category of tequila, right? Yes. So the thing is like the 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 war in China for for agave spirit is mean longchelant yo, literally means agave spirit, right? So when twenty years ago or 25 years ago, tequila started to enter to the market. Uh, it was really difficult to explain then, okay, this is tequila, and, and the translation for that is tequila. Mm-hmm. Um, they just like, okay, no, they're never gonna understand that if they, they don't know what is agave spirit. So they just like, okay, this is Lon Shilangio, this is just agave spirit. So they just put like a generic word, okay. and that's saying the standard. Okay, because so, but the Chinese word is uh, Lan. Long Shalan. which means in Chinese? Agave spirit. Agave spirit, but also you can break it down. Long Shalan Jiu. Yeah, or yeah. the literal translation is dragon plant flower. Yeah, dragon plant flower. Dragon plant flower. So like, it, it, it just it just stay in the name. Obviously, you can say that uh, this is a tequila for tequila. You can say mezcal is mezcal jar. Or you can say raicilla is laicilla. But uh, when you import it, you had to put agave spirit. Okay. So. Cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to know that kind of stuff. Uh, now that you've. Uh, well, so so when when do you think mezcal kind of started coming into the limelight it, uh, next to tequila? Because tequila has been 
popular yeah. for, for some decades now, but, right? But I think with everywhere, tequila has gotten somewhat of a bad rap. Like, cause everybody, any continent you're on, like people are like, oh, I got so drunk at tequila at this party. Yeah. I had like 15 shots and I was puking. It's like, well, you had 15 shots. That's where you're puking. Not yeah. It was tequila. I mean, obviously there are bad. Well, I think that, yeah. I mean, we usually try not to talk too much about brands on this yeah. show, but, but I think one brand we do have to go back to is Jose Cuervo. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that no matter whether we choose to drink Jose Cuervo these days, they are, the party they, 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 well, they are a party spirit and responsible for the popularization yep. of tequila, yep. let's face it, right? I mean, yep. they that is a name that literally you know around the yep. world. Yep. And so that, I think, yes, it's not the most high-end one, and people have been drinking it to party for many, many years. But now, as people are starting to learn more about tequila, and I felt that way before, too, like, yep. oh, my God, once I start taking tequila yep. shots, the night is over for me. But now I drink nicer tequilas, nicer mezcals. Yeah, you, and yeah. you drink them on the rocks or yes. something? Yes, you know? yes. It has to be, too, because a lot of people drink, like, the mixto one, so the cheapest one. Yeah. So Cuervo, I don't like Jose Cuervo at all, the mixto, because it's just, again, like I told you, 51%, uh, agave, 49%, sugar cane. But they do have really better tequilas they have the 1800 they had the 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 traditional so they 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 are right but it's also some cost related so the cheaper ones are usually the mixtos right so a mix a mixto pardon my pronunciation is usually one of the is usually cheaper right those are the ones that were Yes. We're drinking at parties. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a third of the price. Okay. Right? Especially right now that agave, it's more expensive because the demand is making it more expensive. So it's more, it's, the gap is going to be more and more and more and more. And a, and a mixo is usually made by more industrial methods uh, for mass production? or Yes. If, if you, if the tequila factories, they all have like 50 40 years of experience yeah. ahead of the others the other types of agave spirits so those guys they already have industrialist industrially says a lot of the factories per se um, it's like a automatic business model right now the trend of a lot of big brands is coming back to the craft so okay. you see a lot of tequila brands being pulled by a horse or like using clay rooms a lot of stuff we can tell that later but yeah, they, they have a technolo technology gap, so uh, huge compared to what is mezcal okay. right now. So in the 90s, uh, people still consume mezcal, uh, but in that time, uh, it, it's considered like a really bad tequila, right? <laughs> it just, no, nobody on the 90s in Mexico, there's, oh, mezcal, no, what? But uh, like I say, in, in in the start in the 2000s everything started to switch so they don't uh, cons consumers they don't want to have uh, that they're more about the feelings about the okay about the uh, about the nature about craftiness so more concerned about wellness and kind of this quote-unquote healthy lifestyle like having natural in, yeah, craft products exactly right? uh, more environmental uh, more about conserve the the environment, so it's, it start to happen. And the story of of, of mezcal is, is is beautiful. Like the way that they do it, you go to uh, Oaxaca, that is the capital of, of of mezcal, and it's beautiful. You see all these families 
in in the whole the whole city that they have somebody in their members that they're doing a mezcal. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I went to uh, I, I go every year to Mexico, and the first thing you go to the hotel, the security guy is like, psst, psst, like, what's up? Ah, you looking for mezcal? Oh yeah, come here. My cousin do a really nice mezcal. <laughs> and okay, and then you go with them, and yeah. It's, so everybody has a still calling in the patio. Yeah, it's like, re it's really a, f a family tradition, right? Yeah. And it like often these producers have have two, three, four generations of family yeah. members who have been making mezcal right yeah. yeah so and the story is beautiful because everything is uh, everything is really crafty uh, don't get me wrong it doesn't mean it's gonna it's gonna be sustainable because the demand of mezcal is getting so popular that the producers are not getting uh, enough agaves uh, there's a lot a huge problem of conservation of the agave plants uh, because they can do different from tequila that only use blue agave and they massive uh, do crops about it and they know how to grow it. Like the mezcals, like the only one that they know how to grow well is espadín. Mm -hmm. But the rest of all these wild agaves, I think in five years, ten years, they're going to disappear. Because they can't, they can't be cultivated, right? They can't, they can't be farmed, they're only wild. It's also wild. a long way. It yeah. takes a long time to make uh, tequila, right? It's like yeah. for the agave plant, for the peanut to actually grow, it's yeah. 10 years? It's 10 years. But in mezcals, there are some agaves that take even 20 to 25 yeah. years. So, so it's just a time thing. So and some of them are only what? And some of them are only yeah. found in the wild, right? Yeah. And you have to, yeah. So it's it's going to be a, that can be another podcast talking about the, the stuff. <laughs> part, well, two, part two on this for sure. Just about uh, agave. Just about agave, which I think is cool. So tell us, I know you're tra you travel all over China. Tell us some fun stuff. So I start with tequilas in first, with the agave spirits in general, like, like almost eight years ago. So it, it, it was a, how to say, China just did like uh, the Olympics, the Shanghai Expo uh, is opening around the world. But when I arrived, nobody knew what is Mexico. Like they, they, if you ask, hey, what is Mexico? And they, a lot of the locals were like, ah, oh, yeah, it's a country that has spicy food, right? So you, you, when you land to this market, you, you are in 200 year disadvantage with the French and the British that because they have selling wines and whiskeys and brandies and cognacs, like, 200 years before, so they knew what it was. While you bring uh, a, a, a tequila, uh, they didn't know. It's like, what the hell is this? And so that's really interesting. I just read this book called City of Devils by Paul French. And he talks about 100 years ago, before the Japanese invasion, when Shanghai was still had different uh, outposts of American side, French side, uh, British side, and there was, uh, the, the currency was so iffy here because the war was just starting that the only currency they used were Mexican pesos. It was the only <laughs> currency that was valued back then because it didn't fluctuate. So they would always bring in Mexican pesos, trade for gold. No way. So it's in like China? In, Ch in Shanghai. Wow. So it's a very, like, it's a great book too, City of Devils by Paul French. Hmm. Uh, and it's very interesting to read the Shanghai history because I really did know everything. And then obviously things changed, the world wars happened. Yeah. And now we're where you're explaining Mexico and everything, where beforehand, there's lots of clubs here that were full-on Mexican-style clubs. Wow. This area called the Badlands. Oh, that, that's, that's amazing. History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Yeah. Jay-Z said nice. that. <laughs> that's cool. So I, I, I arrived and selling tequila, so a lot, of, a lot of people didn't know what it was. And there is something that happens. It's like um, 
the locals here, they don't take as many shots. They can take a shot of Baijo, but they don't take shots of whiskey or stuff. No, it wasn't yet like eight years ago, right? So it's start, you start really hard because you, you are competing with other uh, vodka, for example. China does vodka and all the 14 countries that neighbor China, it's 14? I don't know. Like they all do vodka because they're they are almost USSR countries. So why does it why does it matter that shot culture is not a big thing here in terms of tequila? Oh, uh, because it, uh, I think the the China didn't got what we got um, like the states got like the 90s. Um, you know, uh, the border is close to the states and the all, all this stuff about spring break, college college people didn't didn't experience that party party time, mm -hmm. right? So. Uh, they are experiencing right now because while China opened to the war, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the the young people start to like go and drink. Yeah, 20, 30 years ago, people don't go to clubs. Right now, they are going to clubs, right? Do you think it, though? It also was it also difficult selling point not just because of shots, but because tequila and mezcal like they're kind of best enjoyed sipped straight often. Um, First, because they you start to try to sell like as a, as a shot, like they did in the states 30 years ago. Okay. The culture wasn't like that, so we you adapt really fast. We're like, okay, what is the next thing? The margaritas. Mm -hmm. So we start to make the margaritas, and something that helped us it was the the frozen margarita machine. So uh, right right now, it, this market evolved, but I remember eight years ago I, I have like 20 to 25 margarita machines running around town, mm -hmm. and. Everybody was like, oh, crazy about the frozen one. And they still they are. But uh, because it was sweet, it was fruity drink, so they, they like it. Uh, we started with mixtos, but later we discovered that, like, uh, you know, China is a big country. It's different. I would say, like, it's like two, three different countries because the big cities, obviously, they're more international. Uh, but you have like second or third cities or towns that they are not. They're still really, uh, really conservative how in the way they drink. So they only drink the the local baijiu or the or the or the yellow wine. So uh, while that passes, the big cities get so fast internationalized. Mm -hmm. uh, something that also helped us it was you know it was the muy coco. So the muy coco for me was. Amazing because before Coco and after Coco, uh, the Chinese consumer didn't understand about Mexican culture, right? And I can see it was a, it's a boom of Mexican restaurants on all around China, even really like second or third cities. They were like, why don't we do Mexican food? Why don't we do tacos? Why don't we do? Why do we have this gastronomy? And that always come okay. What Mexican food is paired with always with tequila? Right with margaritas, so for me it was a, an amazing year because the record of Mexican restaurants is like every every week there's open one in China. Mm. It's a it's, it's really interesting. So besides that, also I will say that things that help we start we start with the cheap one. We have a brand that called Sip Sip, but then we start to bring in more high quality uh, tequilas because. Uh, there is tequilas that are like are aged, like añejos, that are like really similar in flavor profile, like whiskeys, really similar like like, like brandies, 
because they're aged on two years in, in knock barrels. So we see that opportunity of customers that we can introduce like, hey, stop drinking a whiskey, have one añejo tequila. So that, that changed. And the other thing that helps and is like China bartender community it just grow exponentially. So just, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, give us some, I know you travel all over China for this. What, what do you see like a difference with like uh, Guangzhou somebody drink like the tequila or the mezcal style of people drinking there is it like a big difference of people going different or are they making it making it their own okay I will I will say like 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 I said before China's like different countries like a different because different cultures so if you go if you go for the north there's people that like straight drinking and they like the 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 to taste alcoholic so you go Blanco for the north because it's really really cold and they don't want something to warm out right but if you go places like here like Shanghai they like really sweet stuff so it's basically more like sweet cocktails like sweet um, had to say like like uh, reposados or añejos tequilas to shot because they, they their palate is really used to it and if you go to places like Guangzhou and and like all the or Fujian that they are not that they are they are super hot weather because they're um if, if people have go to Xiamen or Guangzhou it's they have it has the sea has breeze it's like it's always not tropical but it's always sunny so it's people that they would love to have like a margarita or um or or like a michelada or a chelada to see to drink it while they're doing food because that that's something really important in China like. So people here don't go only for drink, they go for eat and drink. Yeah. So that's that's something really important. The food is something really uh, deep inside uh, the Chinese culture. So then in Guangzhou, people have having a fish in the river and then can have a margarita or Mexican restaurant or, or where they're going, right? So like, Three years ago, that we start to import the after tequilas, we said, okay, we we have like five brands of tequilas, we have like all different their añejos, reposados, cristalinos, like like lots of tequilas we have. But then like, okay, what's next? So that happened the boom of mezcal in the states, that and that also shift to all the bartenders internationally. That like, oh, this is mezcal, it's super smoky. We're gonna make uh, a, a lot of mixology around it, and that start to arrive like three years ago to to China. Uh, so, it, it, I like I. Okay, so th- that was probably around the time that Koa opened in Hong Kong. Yeah. Koa is about three three or four years old. I'd have to check exactly. Sorry. And uh, for those of you who don't know, last year Koa was the number one bar on Asia's 50 best bars list. Uh, yeah. It's an agave spirits bar based in Hong Kong and they are about to open in Shanghai as well. And so that Koa is one of, I guess, th- uh, three, four mezcal focused bars that have that are you know kind of opening around this time in yeah. Shanghai. No, not not that these people are the first people to focus on mezcal. I mean, there are some yeah, this some bartenders and uh, even people. Yeah, but the ones that are really bringing the, a reputation to it, or right? A yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To it. Um, and so, like for me, something I wanted to talk with you about, David, is like, is mezcal a 
is Mezcal really a trend in Shanghai? Do you see it having potential to spread to the rest of China? And do you think it's here to stay? You know, like, will there be more than just the hype around one of these Asia's 50 best bars opening here? So it's like a sweet and sour uh, uh, question because I want that Mezcal gets a popular mass fire because I we had now in Mezcal we had seven brands so I wish it, it goes as well like going with tequila so in tequilas right now we we imported more than eight containers a year in tequilas how many bottles is that so we are doing we're gonna hit around 75,000 mm. bottles of tequilas a year okay between I, I would not lie, it's like 60-70% mixtos and the other one is the 100% the agaves but still, it's a market that, that, that's growing You have to follow the market yeah, yeah. I have to follow the market You have to sell mixtos in order to can make value and, and do the, and say the high-end shelf Yeah So, it was 8 years of a lot of uh, going back and forward but uh, with Mezcal, there is two things that I think it, it's, a, it's a big problem. One of the things is the the price. So price of mezcal is not like it was in the 90s. The mezcal was more cheaper than tequila. Mm-hmm. Price of mezcal right now is, I can say literally it's like five, even to 20 times more expensive than mezcal, which is a problem because uh, mezcal is so known for the high-end a rich or a profile customers mm-hmm. that it's gonna be tough to crack that uh, that market uh, also because let's be honest a lot of mezcal bottles they're so crafty but they're do- they are doesn't look fancy mm-hmm. yeah sometimes the bottle the, the prettier the bottle, the uglier the stuff inside. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, it's usually has Sometimes, to be yeah. a really beautiful bottle. Yeah. There's a couple exceptions. Like, uh, what's the one that's the beautiful long white bottle? Almost looks like a hookah pipe. Uh, Casa Azul. Casa Azul. Yeah. Beautiful bottle, beautiful inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you spend so much on the bottle. Yeah. You spend more on the bottle than you did the flavor. Yeah. Which I've seen in almost every type of spirit. Yeah. So that that's one of the big concerns because if you are selling like really expensive price and your bottle it's not the best because uh, let's, let's be honest it's really a craft product like they're they're using wine bottles they're using really craft labels on the stuff but if you are in a five-star hotels and you're gonna give a mezcal bottle there's the first question like why why i'm paying 80 dollars a shot you yeah. know and, and stuff when i can have uh, a remy martin a hennessy or like a really macallan expensive one yeah. and the other thing is because most of the mezcal is like 80 percent blanco that is like a clear spirit so they like why this is not age because it's also an uh, educational right. problem there because they think more age should be more expensive so i, I had to swear a lot no because this this agave grows like 20 years so it's more age than the the time is more than the your macallan 18 but uh, so, so do you think we're still catching up here in terms of like paying a lot of money for something that's craft or organic or whatever whereas in the u.s and europe and some other places like people will pay a ton of money like because something has an organic label or because yeah. it's small batch or something like yeah. that like it's it seems like sometimes those are almost the hardest 
brands to push in in China at this moment because it, it's just not at that yeah, point it's, yet. Yeah, it's right? not at that point unless you have enough marketing money to prove them wrong and to invest. So it's a lot of money that we that that people pay, especially for the high shop in the states really easy to crack the explain them this is craft this is good and the consumer go for that i say we are five years behind um on that point and the second thing that i know is also the that with customers the is the palate like smokiness is not a flavor that they're get the chinese are used to it so even people People may try the first mezcal in the beginning and say, oh my God, this tastes like gasoline, chemicals, me." <laughs> of course, but then after after the 10 mezcal, you're like, oh, love it, my favorite drink yeah. ever. <laughs> Makes sense. So, so it's something that uh, is going to be tough to crack. So what I what I did in the beginning, because mezcal flavor profile, it has a lot of tones, variety, flavors, and the smoking is level. So we start uh, with a mezcal that is a little bit more smoking than tequila, but it's enough to Chinese people in second and third countries say, I like this. If you start to have like the most smoking mezcal ever, they will run away. So you need to like, like fishing, like you need to hook them with a little bit, they get a little bit of of the flavor. So we have something called that's beneva that is not that smoky, but they try and everything. And after that, you start to like bring the bring your bring your bring toys, the heat. bring the heat, bring the stuff, and level up. Um, what we try to do is we try to do with cocktails really simple. So we try to like this is a cocktail we we try to do like sweet mm -hmm. and smoke. So they 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 go for it, and then like oh, what is this flavor that I tasting? And then you bring like hardcore shot. So that's something that you you take time. I took eight years to get tequila the way I do it and teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching with mezcal it also has to do the same homework but the only problem that I see is like most of the mezcal uh, suppliers they don't have marketing budget they are really really craft and especially with China regulations because China is really strict it's really strict in test report labs and everything so you you talk i talk to a lot of palenques palenques is the distilleries of, of the way they do mezcal um this the i always talk to them hey we need to do this requirement this test report you need to change uh, your distilling method because you store in plastics and that's quite that you can get some absorb the plastic you need to do stainless steel blah blah, blah. and the answer of most of the palenques they were like ah but the united states don't ask me this Europe, don't ask me this. This country is that. So like, yeah, but China is China. You need to abide what the rules. Yeah. And a lot of the producers, they're okay. If you buy me one container, I can probably change all the stuff. Like, but if not the quantity enough, I'm really not interested. So yeah. there is also a gap on uh, on this part of the supplier because they are really crafty. So they the materials they use and all the stuff is beautiful the way they do it. But some of the some they are they are homemade, but they are not industrialized. While you go with the tequila, everything is stainless steel and beautiful and automatic and everything. So the it's level hard for exporting. So I see, right. that's a very yeah. interesting hurdle that you have to figure out how yeah. to do yeah. make it worth their while, but also keep it in 
you know, yeah. profitable, but also keep it to the standards of the country that they're trying to sell to. Yeah. Because yeah. ultimately, the market will prevail. Like, if they're not doing well, yeah. see if China has a growth market. Yeah. Like I say, you, uh, China doesn't adapt to you. You have to adapt to China because it's a different culture, thousands of years. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's what I see. So in, in, in we have registered right now this year around 20 mezcaleria types that is growing, plus all the Mexicans that are going and all the bars are having the mezcal stuff. And I think it's beautiful. So Logan, you're buying mezcal for the bar. Uh, at, like, how do you see what's the reception like? Do you have a lot of people who are ordering mezcal drinks, or what we do? It's we don't have anybody that asks for a mezcal that's uh, not from overseas. Okay. Nobody's like, oh, I need to try this mezcal. Even though we have a lot of different mezcals, mm -hmm. what we do is we put it in cocktails. Mm -hmm. So we have a cocktail that named the easiest name in the world, Beniva Mule. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's like a mule, so it's ginger beer. Beniva, which is the mezcal. Then we do a. Uh, my favorite. I like Sun you. No, no, no. My favorite is Sunburnt Senorita. Sunburnt Senorita with a yeah. little bit of mezcal. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the, the mule, the Beniva mule, that one has a lemongrass syrup that we make mm. uh, just and a little bit of lime. So it just adds a nice flavor, but it's something relatable. Mm -hmm. So most people can understand a mule, and if we just traded, changed it a little bit, I think it helped a lot of people just bridge that gap yeah. to what mezcal was. And then the one that. Uh, Alicia was saying is called the sunburnt senorita and basically with mezcal it does have that smoky taste mm -hmm. so we do mezcal tequila and fresh watermelon juice and it really like I don't know what it does but it it's tastes banging. like a sunburn yeah. yeah it's great and it's like they are making the fresh watermelon so we've got that really nice smell the smokiness it really plays well together mm -hmm. uh, so I mean these are things we put it in drinks it really sells perfectly well mm -hmm. and then one of the things we want to start doing as Poppy said we're gonna start fishing you know, you start with the cocktails and you start going higher. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you want to do is start doing uh, flights of mezcal. Mm. And I think that's fun. So people can be, you know, you can be with your friends. You don't have to jump uh, both feet into something. Yeah. You can take a little, dip a little toe in the water of mezcal. Like, yeah. oh, I'm trying this little, this little thing with my friends. I'm going to taste a little bit. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Or maybe I don't like it. But it's okay. It's not a whole glass. You're not, you're just having a little fun. So that's kind of our, our thoughts on the matter of mezcal, which I think is very fun. And I think it's growing. Like from my time here, it's about the same time you've been here. I've seen the spirit world going better than people asking for gold tequila, which yeah. used to drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw like Jose Cuervo was gold. And I'm like, no, you need a reposado. Reposado's not gold. No, 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 no. Yeah. Gold is just caramel color. And reposado is normally rested. Yeah. It's aged. Uh, and guys, let's since we have you here, David. Uh, let's ask you some easy tequila questions, and then we'll go to mezcal questions. Oh, yeah. And then we'll go to pronunciations. Yeah. Okay? So, I know this, Alicia knows this, most of the people at home know this, but what does añejo mean for tequila? So, añejo means actually all. So, it's like, oh, this is too añejo, this is too, esto está muy añejado. It means this, this is too old and rested. So... That's why in the category of tequila, añejo is, is means a tequila that's at least in a barrel for two years. Okay. Two years, okay. Good. First one out. Reposado just means resting, right? Reposado is resting. The standard is two months to one year in in a barrel. Does this also work on mezcal or the age differences? Uh, it's, it's different in the standard. So in mezcal you don't say uh, mezcal you can say mezcal blanco but usually say mezcal joven so that means young so that's the blanco silvery one and the reposado 
is is only uh, from one month to six months, and the añejo if after one year. Because mezcal is tra traditionally really not aged, right? It, it's really not an important factor. Some brands, so, some brands they do. Some brands, uh, especially the, the the old ones or mainstream ones, they do. Uh, because again, they want to appeal the the tequila uh, market. So it's, it's it's not that it's wrong. I I, I have I had two mezcales that are añejos that are espadín. Mm -hmm. It tastes really nice. But I will say that if you have agaves, especially the wild ones, mm -hmm. if you put in the in 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 in, in the barrel, it's gonna lose the the flavor, the special flavor for that agave. Mm -hmm. So it just uh, a mezcal in the barrel. It tastes smoky. Um, woody, so you lose the okay. agave notes. Okay. Can you say again? Reposado. Reposado. <laughs> Love doing that. <laughs> okay, so another question. Okay, what are the things you want to hear pronounced correctly? You said a different drink before. Aguardiente. 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 <laughs> so agu Logan says it like in Italian, though. In, this is New Jersey okay, side coming out. Yeah. So, so I'm moving also my hands like this. Let's say it. Yeah. <laughs> so aguardiente is come from this from the the Spanish the, the Spaniards, and aguardiente in Spanish means a, a fire water. Fire water. Fire water. Hmm. Okay. So an aguardiente, as per the standard, is uh, alcohol either made by sugar cane or grapes. Okay. So that's. Uh, oh, interesting! Almost like a grappa then. Only like grappa, but uh, no age, no nothing. It's just like a, a plain spirit. Mm. So that that's that you could you can call an aguardiente. And in in Colombia and in the South America, is the most consumed drink. That's what they're drinking the whole time in uh, Narcos, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. In Colombia, we have aguardiente. The, the Colombians and Panama, Panamanians and Ecuador, because we used to feel the same country, we had a little bit of anise mm. on it, so it's still a little bit of like anise flavor, but still sweet, so it's different yeah. from the other ones. Well, if you go more down uh, in Brazil, the aguardiente is the cachaça. So cachaça is an aguardiente with denomination and origin, and the difference with cachaça is like they use the the green sugar cane before it gets so mature. Oh, so gotcha. that's why it has this is cachaza smell. So cachaza. Cachaza. And then uh, you said another one that sounded like a stripper I used to know. Raisa? Raisilla. Raisilla. Oh, Raisilla. <laughs> Rais Raisilla is... Oh, Raisilla to the main stage. <laughs> Raisilla means uh, it's another agave spirit in the same branches of tequilas but with different types of agaves besides the blue agaves. So they say if the is the tequila is the king, raicilla is the queen. How about sotol? Sotol is not an agave spirit. It's not. It's oh. not an agave spirit. If you find so, <laughs> yeah, uh, if you find an sotol that says it's made from they say Longchamp Joe, it's basically incorrect wow. or illegal. Uh, because the sotol uh, is a plant called dicey. Uh, the scientific name of the plant is dicelirium. That's more close. To the asparagus. Oh, oh, very cool. That's yeah. So not a type of. It's not agave at all. Like not a succulent. No, no, it's not agave. Like uh, whoever listen the the agaves, imagine it's just like a big pineapple, huge pineapple yeah. with spikes, but it's more close to aloe vera than a pineapple. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, but the soto is like a huge palm tree that yeah. actually you just can cut and it keep growing and growing and growing. Oh, wow. Okay, guys, I think we learned a lot. My brain is full. 
Uh, and also there's been construction in the background as everybody could hear. Yes. So we went outside to a quiet place and we found only madness. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I think we just want to wrap it up by saying thank you. Muchas gracias. Gracias. Gracias, chicos, por tenerme. Arriba, arriba. Arriba. Thank you, papi. Thank you, mami. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Thank you at home for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, so I actually heard that agave grows in Yunnan. And so you could actually make mezcal here if you wanted to, yeah. couldn't you? But well, it wouldn't be denominated. Legally you know. speaking, <laughs> as a, I, I, I have a train by, by the cons- tequila regulators. So uh-huh. uh, legally, yeah, the CRT. So legally speaking, you cannot use the tequila or the mezcal name because they had the nomination or origin. So you can make agave spirit. Agave, agave spirit. Uh, in Yunnan, they, they kind of started uh, in New Zealand. There is actually an agave spirit called tequiwi. <laughs> yeah, tequiwi, that's, um, that's amazing. And in Australia, there's some crops right now, the brand called Black Snake. Mm-hmm. They are growing this a desert, so they are they are growing uh, agave. So I don't know. It, it's so curious that New Zealand and and Australia they are so strict to import plants and everything, but somebody sneaky bring agave, bring blue agave, and now it's growing. So so you can do it, but you cannot call it tequila or mezcal or. Right.